Welcome to the Digital Dreaming of the Grand Podcast. It's your host, Os Fali, joined with my co-host of most, Parsimoto Valley, and we're here to talk about the 40-win Sacramento Kings, who won over the Phoenix Suns yesterday, 128 over 119. Obviously, the bench had a great game, um, 63 points, I believe they outscored, 63-35 or somewhere around those lines. Um, Darren Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, you know, um, also great games for both of them in the clutch. Um, Walter Kessler making that final three. So actually, let me get your thoughts, Parsa. What did you think about the game? I, I was impressed. Yeah. And I, I, at one point I was like, no, I think the Suns are going to take this and all that. But the, no, the Phoenix, they came, I mean, the, the, the Kings, they came back and they, they stepped up on defense, which is something that's been a bit of questionable over the season. They've been great offensively, but they actually stepped up last night and even without KD, but still like, that's a great win. And it's in Phoenix. So yeah. You can't, I mean, come on. Yeah. There's no, that's a legit victory right there. And they've been beating good teams. They've beaten Memphis. They've beaten you know, the Warriors. They've beaten all the big names, you know. I mean, yeah. There's a reason why they're at the second place record right now. You know, and one more thing to note about that. Obviously, the Kings, they've won. Uh, this is the first time in 17 seasons that the Kings have won 40 games. Uh, last time that they won 40 games was under Rick Adelman <laughs> back, I believe, down six. Last time they qualified for the playoffs. And so, obviously, for Mike Brown, it's a historic achievement. You know, uh, for gaining this franchise, you know, obviously they're one win away from from breaking that, you know, 17 uh, year streak of of not having a 500 season. And, you know, ultimately, you know, for me, you know, just watching this team, I think one of the things that came out to me, obviously, besides the youth is just the growth and maturation of a deer and Fox pair with a DeMontis Sabonis. You know, you see why they're both all-stars and also the second unit, you know, Malik Monk, you know, and the, and the new additions such as Walter Kessler, right? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, these, these guys are able to contribute big and when they need it. And so I'm thinking that during the playoffs, obviously the Kings defensive rating is to be desired. They're currently number 25 in the NBA in defensive rating. But obviously when you have a top five offense, maybe that defensive rating goes out the door. So for me personally, I'm looking at this Kings team. I'm looking at the remaining schedule and I'm seeing the last 16 games as an opportunity for the Kings to maybe even get 10 plus more wins and maybe get into that 50 plus win category. Yeah, that's what I was saying because we, we were talking about it the, last night and it was like still have 16 or 17 more games left or something. Yeah. So, I mean, I think 50 games is really doable. You know, and I think one more thing to note is that not just the number of games, but also the, the strength of schedule, right? Yeah. Because obviously, even though the, calendar, the schedule is a little bit tough, the Kings have proven these last, what, since the All-Star break, I believe, what, they're 6-2 and two or 7-2 and sorry seven and two or 8-2, and two, something ridiculous. So, it's like, I mean, so what, they're 32-25 and 25 for the All-Star break. Yeah, so they're they're eight and one since the All Star break. Yeah, and I'm thinking about like right now it's second place. I think Memphis is like right next to them, and then there's Phoenix. So like if they can maintain that top seed ranking, that's great for playoffs. So you get the home court advantage during that first round. Hundred percent. Yeah, and hundred percent. You know, I think that home court advantage is going to become critical because now we're going to talk about other teams like the Lakers and other teams are butted bidding for a playoff spot. Having that home court advantage at Golden One, I've obviously been to the Lakers game this year back in December. So AO hey, man, we out here like the beam, baby. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the Kings home court advantage does present a distinct advantage for that team because of the fact the crowd is so into it. This mm-hmm. fan base is hungry for a playoff game. Exactly. And a playoff series will definitely bode well if it's at Golden One. And they're going to feed off that energy. They're a young team. And so yeah. when they see that, that's going to be the boost they need. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Playing away from home, it's like, then you get the nerves and all that. But here it's like... Come on, yeah. everyone's supporting you. The yeah. energy is going to be there. Yeah, being like, team, baby. Yeah, yeah. being like, team, baby. Let's go. Go, go full on. Yeah, go, go full on. Yeah. So obviously, you know, I think moving forward, now we're switching to be serious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously the Kings now, you know, like we just talked about, you know, they've won 40 plus games. 
They play the Bucks on Monday. You know, Bucks lost yesterday to Giannis. So let's kind of talk about that game too. So obviously the Bucks lost to the Warriors yesterday. Giannis was not playing. And obviously all ESPN is basically slurping the Warriors, saying that, you know, this is a championship team. Yeah, exactly. What is your thoughts on the Warriors in that in that game yesterday and move and looking ahead to their final kind of 16 game stretch to close out the season? So here's the thing. Yeah. A victory is a victory. Yeah. But I think I think looking at mutual like in a mutual perspective, neutral perspective, context is important. Yeah. I mean, the main the main person wasn't there. Yeah. Giannis wasn't there. I mean, that's a big difference. So you can't say your defense is defensive identity is made yeah. <laughs> championship quality until, uh, yeah, we see you play against the best. And I mean, basically the game went to overtime and they won by like eight points or something. Cause I think the Bucks still scored 116 points on them or something. Yeah. 125, like 116. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not very good. I mean, that's, Giannis less bucks 116 points scored so basically the defense has a lot to be desired of and it continues to show and if you have a team like a big like a Giannis Embiid or just overall great team they're gonna they're gonna feast down low yeah I mean it's pretty easy I mean who's gonna stop Giannis on the Warriors <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, that, that, that's a serious question that's a legit question I mean I mean uh, yeah I mean we can talk about stuff but they have you know the bucks have like great defenders they're tall athletic they have long lengthy defenders they can switch so that's that they're going to give him plenty of problems but i mean who's going to stop you honest yeah that's that's a legit question no absolutely and i think when we talk about it you know i mean i think the one thing to notice about the bucks as well as you know kind of like you said Giannis and the kind of the warriors you know i mean if Giannis is back monday you know against the kings we're going to see what sacramento is really made of because that's obviously a top two team in the east a top two team in the nba by record and by defense, right? And so, I mean, this this team, this Bucks team, is definitely more well rounded than the Warriors. I do think that yes, you know, it's a quality win for the Warriors, but I mean, at the same time, that was a road is a home game. It wasn't a road win, right? The Kings going on the road, even though the Suns are without KD, this team, this Suns team, is a lot more deep, in my opinion, than you know, they're a lot more well rounded with a Devin Booker and a Chris Paul than and than many other teams in the West. So I think the Kings win, you know, I'm obviously biased, but I believe that's a more quality win for the Kings than the Warriors got uh, over the Bucks yesterday. So oh, most definitely, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know they're missing Wiggins and a couple other players, but still the main identity is there. The main players are there almost. Yeah. Minus Wiggins, but still, I mean, like, I mean, how much is Wiggins going to bring to the team? Like, it's not like you're going to go tiers above. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like you still have Steph, you have the main guys, the splash butters are there. And all that, and Draymond's there too, and all that. But yeah, and you basically barely pull out the win. I mean, of course, it's just one game. I mean, you know, NBA, anyone can beat anyone, but still, overall, I mean, yeah, I can't really read much into it for the Warriors without without Giannis being there. And so, and I agree, if Giannis is playing on Monday night, uh, we're gonna see what we're gonna. It's gonna be a good benchmark for the, the Kings. Absolutely. And flipping back to the Kings, let me actually read some stats, you know, from your last night's win. Yeah, go ahead. There was roughly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players on the Kings in double figures. So Harrison Barnes had 19 points. They wanted Sabonis at 17 points. Darren Fox at 18 points. Kessler Edwards had 12 points, including that dagger three at the end. Malik Monk had 18 points. Trey Lyles had 13 points. And Davion Mitchell had 13 points. Metu as well with the steal and the scoop slam also had nine points. And Kevin Horder also had nine points. Keegan Murray was the only one without any points, but almost every team, and you almost had the entire team outside Keegan Murray with double digits, basically. And so when I look at this, that's that's kind of the quality team when I'm talking about. You know, yes, the defense, you know, has definitely given up a lot of easy baskets and, and also a lot of easy transition baskets. And, you know, I, I mean, mid-range, you know, perimeter defense, you know, it's, it's a lot to be desired. But 
with that in mind, you know, you look at this offense and sometimes better best offense can, can trump best defense. And we've seen that with teams such as the Miami heat in the past, you know, we've seen that, you know, but the, I guess the only concern is, you know, that, that rebounding glass eater down low, right. We still kind of need to see who's that going to be. Demontis bonus has done a lot, you know, but I mean, can he still, can he really do that? Can he be a rebounder? And also, you know, cause the issue that we also talk about the long rebounds, a lot of long rebounds last night and a lot of, in the last couple of games have been basically contested and the Kings have, have, have maybe have come up with them maybe 50, 50% of the time. Right. So, I mean, we want to make sure, I mean, you know, any, any Kings fan probably, you know, if you're expressing the same concerns, if not, then you can tune me out, but this is just my two cents. I do think that, you know, we want, I, I hope that they can figure out, you know, how to balance out to bonuses minutes, how to, how to balance out, you know, getting those, getting that big and getting that production, you know, on, on, on the glass. Um, because, you know, those offensive rebounds, second chance opportunities are huge when it comes, you know, to playoff time. So, um, yeah, I mean, especially against a team with the bigs and all that. Yes. Good rebounding teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, for example, teams like Denver teams, like, you know, maybe the Clippers, even, you know, obviously Minnesota with Steven Adams, right. You do want to have some of that, you know, rebounding, you know, some of that, some of that power down low. So, I mean, well, I'm not sure if there's any free agent centers out there at this point in the season. Right. So, I mean, but you know, hopefully they can figure it's it out. It's a collective out. performance. So yeah. They could work it out. I mean, if we actually look at the total rebounds, let me actually pull this up real quick. So the Kings last night, Total rebounds, let me count, 6 plus 8, 14 plus 4, 28 plus 2, 30 plus 7, 37 plus 4, 41 plus 4, 45 plus 1, 46 plus 3, that's around 49 rebounds. The Suns had 9, 12, was that, 21 plus 6, 27 plus 3, 30, 31, 36, 37, 39, 41, 42. So yeah, we, they actually out-rebounded the Suns by 5 rebounds, but... Ultimately, I mean, I still think, you know, I, I still want to see more because, I mean, DeAndre Ains was done double figures for rebounds. So, we almost had eight rebounds, right? I mean, I, I hope that, you know, we can see more, you know, more more double figure performances because, obviously, Sabonis leads the league in double doubles, and it's it's phenomenal. Obviously, De'Aaron Fox leads the league in clutch points with 169. Oh, even that number probably went up after last night, you know, and it's... it's, it's, it's How much it's, is it? 169? 169 points in the clutch. Well, cool, yeah. It's impressive, right? I mean, that's, that's impressive. Ex- that's yeah, impressive. absolutely. I mean, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah and that's, <laughs> that's exactly why I like the Kings. I like the Kings in the playoffs and in playoff series, even against the teams like the Lakers, because the fact, even that the Lakers play, even though the play Lakers play good defense, their offense is lagging, you know, even if the Warriors are coming back to championship form, you know, the Kings have death, young death, right? Even, I mean, they have an all-star uh, power forward in Devontae's bonus slash center. They have an all-star, you know, shooting guard, point guard in, De- in De'Aaron Fox. So, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, I mean, what more do they, I mean, yes. And, and they have the bench production, you know, and that death on the bench definitely comes in handy. Some that the Warriors have basically lacking this year, you know, the bench production and also kind of, you know, training ways, guys like Wiseman and others, you know, it definitely shows, you know, you're seeing the, you know, the, the after effects of that. So. Yeah. And then uh, the thing is like, uh, I know they're a young team and I know people always say that like, Hey, the, the, it may suck struggle in the playoffs because they're young and inexperienced and all that. And that's true. But then when you look at, the playing field this year in the Western conference. I mean, we're not talking about the Eastern conference. That's a different story, but the Western conference that they're at right now, I mean, honestly, like who really stands out? Like I, I see every team, there's a questions on it. I mean, we can talk about injury issues. Yeah. With Phoenix Clippers mm-hmm. warriors, yeah. um, uh, Lakers, like they all have players that are injury prone or something. You always worry something's going to happen. Yeah. That's one thing. And they all have their issues. I mean, they all have, I mean, honestly, nobody in the Western Conference really is a great, like, hardcore defensive team. Yeah. So it's like, that's the thing, you know, like, even though the Kings don't play defense, supposedly, but it's not like who else plays defense in the Western Conference. Yeah. <laughs> 
I guess I guess Memphis has a good defensive record. I guess that's kind and of the true. Kings have beaten them already this year. Yeah, that that's true, and that's true because they're great offensively. Hmm? Yeah. Okay, so I can't really say much. And I mean, I mean, we're just talking about the Western Conference, and that's it's a great position to be in because it's really open this year, and that that's why I think like we could definitely see some upsets come playoff time in this conference. Yeah, absolutely. I think though, kind of what you just said about the Western Conference, I think one of the things that we have to consider is that you know, coming into the playoffs in the postseason, you know, there's not too many teams who are, you know, really, I guess, top ranked in defense or, and top ranked in offense, like the East. Like, you know, we have a Milwaukee and a Boston, you know, these ten juggernaut teams who can basically do both. You know, you do have the Warriors have the championship pedigree, right? But I mean, again, I, I still think that there's a lot to be seen. You know, I mean, we've seen them when they went at home. Let's see how they do on the road, right? I mean, you have to win road games because they're not going to have the home, home court advantage this season. You know, granted, all things remain the same next couple 16 games you know let's say the warriors still win but everyone else continues to win and i'm pretty sure they will unless someone else you know everyone else in the top five six basically they falter and lose every single game right yeah. i mean it's gonna be uh, then they're gonna have to be playing on the road right and so i think the king's road record which is the best in the west right now if not mistaken you know that bodes well for a team that has to go and play you know both at home and on the road and i think that they can make a pretty deep playoff run you know if they're able to play you know to their full full ability so. Yeah, and I agree with that. And, you know, uh, one thing on the Warriors, like, and I, I know some players, like, like Draymond is supposed to be saying it. I mean, I know he does talk too, but I mean, <laughs> but like he's saying, like, you know, why would I, who cares about a game in March? Yeah. Playoffs? Like, you know, like, this doesn't always work that way. You can't just say that. I mean, you can't be in rhythm like that. It just doesn't work. And last year, the thing was, like, even if they struggled during the middle part of the season, they still finished second place by the end of the year. Yeah. And so this is a different story right now. And defensively, they're not the same. Yeah, That's just the facts. It's not there. And I mean, okay, sure. Can they compete again? Okay, sure. I get that. But like, you can't act like they're just going to come and walk over everybody. Like, yeah. it's not, that's not that's not the state case anymore. Yeah. And you got these young teams, these hungry dogs coming in, man. They're going to come like a pack of wolves on you. Yeah. That's how... I guess the only advantage I see for the Warriors is this, you know, obviously, like, you know, if they're able to win and get hot, and then obviously they get favorable matchups, like in the first round. If, if they play the Kings, I think Kings will win that series. You know, I mean, I know Warriors fans disagree, but I do think the Kings will win that series if they play the Kings. Um, you know, maybe if they play the Grizzlies, you know, but the Grizzlies also, I mean, I think they're going to lose that series, you know. Maybe the Nuggets, you know, the Nuggets have won a lot of games this season. I mean, I'm still not sold on the Nuggets as like number one seed. You know, I mean, obviously, Jokic is, you know, this is going to be his, what, third consecutive MVP award. You know, and I mean, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on him to, you know, win and win the West and get to the that's finals. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that that's not guaranteed either, right? So ultimately, when we look at it, I think I think the the Kings are in a really good spot, you know, to make a deep playoff run and, um, you know, run the table. And I said this on Jim Rome when I called him last year, you know, and, you know, I think I sent you that video when I called him to Jim Rome. I basically said 50 plus wins and win a playoff series. And that looks pretty good right now. Yeah, so. that, that's, that's what we said. And it's it's happening. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what can we say? <laughs> Call me Ostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're going to switch gears. Um, you know, we talked about the Warriors, the Kings, most of the NBA. We're going to switch gears over to your sport, football. So let's talk about PSG. Let's talk about kind the of the headlines. In general. Yes, yeah. let's go for it. Um, yeah, so a lot's happened over the last few months and all that. And I mean, we had this brilliant World Cup. And I mean, you know, you watched it. Yes, I watched they. it. We all did. I mean, great story. Morocco. The... Ale Maghreb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Semifinals, like that was just, a, I mean, I did see out of the day, I was like, oh, they're going to lose to Spain. They beat Spain. Yeah. And then, and then Portugal 1 0. And I was like, holy wow. Yeah, they just, they just kept winning. You yeah, know? yeah. It came back. And then, of course, I mean, the main story of the World Cup, I mean, 
Messi winning the champion. I mean, you couldn't have scripted any better. Yeah. The World Cup better. I mean, you already had a great World Cup. Then the final came. And then it's like Argentina goes up 2 0. And they dominate in 88 minutes. And within two minutes, the 88, like 82nd minute, like France scores and it becomes 2 2. Yeah. And then Messi scores again. Then Mbappe scores and it's 3 3. And it goes to and penalties. Then goes to penalties. And then finally Messi wins. It yeah. Like, you couldn't have scripted any better. Yeah. And all that. And he said scripted, folks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you had scripted, it wouldn't have been. <laughs> the NFL was not scripted. Now neither the people will come. No, none of it's scripted, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you made a script of it, it couldn't have been any better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And then, so, that happened. And then we're back to club football. We have the Champions League games. And so, the Champions League has been going on. And we're just, there's still a round of 16. It's going to, there's going to be the last round, the round of 16. The last games are going to be played on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. So, I mean, but the main story, I think, was Byron versus uh, PSG. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk on PSG because they have all these players. You have Mbappe, Messi, all these superstars at the World Cup. And you have Neymar. I mean, Neymar was hurt, though, so he wasn't there. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, now you didn't have Neymar, so you played Mbappe, Messi up front. And then, they packed the midfield up with like five midfielders. <laughs> straight up. Yeah. And I mean, in theory, you think that works, but the thing is PSG are just dysfunctional as a team and they're unbalanced. And, and so the midfield was non-existent. Like Byron just played, outplayed him off the park. Yeah. And it was pretty bad. And now, now, now the question is what's going to happen to PSG? What are they going to do? And like, the thing is, I know they want to get rid of Neymar. Um, I'm not sure how much is that that they, they want to get rid of Neymar, or is it just because Mbappe doesn't want Neymar? I don't know what the issue is. See, there's all this kind of drama. See, that's not good for team dynamics. Yeah. And then, so, but he's under contract, I think, until I could be wrong, 2026 maybe or 2025, because he signed recently. So he's kind of there. He's stuck. <laughs> he's getting his money. I mean, yeah. Get, um, but he's he's a brilliant player, but he just has injury problems, so he's always injured during key parts of the season. Yeah. And that's been that's been going on for a while now. Um, so the thing, obviously, Messi at this stage, like he's gonna walk a lot. Like that's his game now. He can't run. He's thirty five years old. He's gonna be thirty six. Like he can't really run that much anymore. So he has to pick his moments. And so I mean, like in a way, he gets a pass that way because it's Messi. He's won it all. He's been there. He's done that. And he's an older player now. So obviously, you can't have them keeping up with twenty four year olds anymore. But uh, the thing with Mbappe, it's like, because he had a chance to go to Real Madrid and he turned it down last year and he said he'll stay with PSG for more money. And the thing is, I actually don't have a problem with that because I, in a way, and even I was talking about a friend and uh, the thing is, if he can win it there, that'll be great because PSG is never won. So if he wins it there, that's a great achievement for PSG and for him. Yeah. Uh, but like, and uh, here's the thing. So when the game comes and the result comes, it's not about how you lose. It's not about the fact that you lose, you lost, but how you lost. Yeah. And the thing was, Mbappe was kind of walking like Messi too. Well, I mean, but the thing is, Mbappe, you're 24 years old. You're supposed to be running around. Yeah. Like when Messi was your age, he was a he was a workhorse. Yeah. Like, and then like, like you're supposed to be running. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's gonna be something that they're gonna. It's gonna be interesting what happens in the summer. And the rumors, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Um, I'm not sure now. Yeah, you know, because like Madrid, like he rejected Madrid, but would Madrid come back for him again? That's going to be interesting. 
I'm kind of leaning. I was 50-50 on this, but I think he'll probably stay. Um, I honestly do think Messi might leave. Uh, one, maybe because he wants to, because his the contract negotiations negotiations kind of halted for an extension. And then uh, do the, would the club want him there? Because he's an older player now. He's going to, and I mean, like, they're probably not going to want to pay those wages. So it's going to be up to him, unless maybe he gets a, takes a big pay cut uh, at, at PSG or goes to another top club. I'm not sure where he would go right now. I mean, it's still too early. It's still speculation right now. Uh, but I don't think going back to Barcelona is an option. And, you know, sometimes second reunions aren't always the best thing. Like, we saw what happened with Ronaldo going back to Manchester United. So, and I do think that it's best if Messi stays out of Barcelona. Yeah. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. Well, yeah. So that's why, like, I mean, the rumors have been going on, but like, it's Inter Miami. That's, 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 that's something that's been going on. I mean, so there's no confirmation yet, but that's definitely a realistic possibility. And it might be happening sooner than we expect. And at this point, like, if he does that, it kind of makes sense. I mean, you've accomplished everything you, You've won everything there is to win. You've completed the sport. You have nothing else to prove. Yeah. And you're just, you're getting older now. And the thing is, while you can still perform or you can build a team around you that can perform for you, it's just like, it's too expensive. And then clubs don't have the time for that or resources for that. And then you're getting older. Next year, you're going to be a year older. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's at this point, it's just, it comes a time where like, you know, you're the one, the great, you know, you're the great, but uh, you have to, uh, just step down and eventually go to one of those like re- retirement leagues or just a lower league, like a, basically a paid several year vacation. Yeah. Paid vacation. That's, that's fun. And I mean, I would love that because then we can go watch and all yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, I mean, I think to your point, you know, I guess about the Mbappe point that you made, I think it's massive because, you know, I think since he has so much control being the best player in the world right now, as best young player, at least, you know, under, under age of 30, you know, I think he does have a lot more leverage in PSG than many other players, if not the most leverage, right? Mm-hmm. So ultimately, you know, when you have that leverage and you have the responsibility, there's a lot more expectation, you know, for you as a player. And so I think to your point of not being able to put energy, not being able to work, not being able to, you know, do the the, the little things, you know, that like you said, like a Messi or even one of the other greats, like Ronaldo did during their time. You know, I, I think that 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 does speak a lot, you know, to kind of, you know, his, his you know, I it's hate, the character, the character. It's kind of the, the uh, yeah. ego, 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 yeah. And I really don't want to say that because Mbappe is one of the most exciting yeah, players. Yeah, he is. He's explosive. He's exciting, phenomenal. You know? Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, and you got also Ramos there, who's on his twilight years. You got obviously Hakimi who's there. Yeah. You know, Moroccan hero, you know, so there's a lot of great players, you know, young and old, you know, but yeah, it looks like PSG is just kind of going down to, you know, the down, down the crapshoot, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's, there's been all kinds of, uh, it's just all kinds of drama in PSG or something. Yeah. I know there's an article earlier that about the owner of PSG, like apparently there's some kind of a scan, uh, a scandal going on or something. Like, I don't know what the story was, but like he kept uh, someone hostage or something. Like it's kind of, there's some issue going on right now. Wow. Yeah. It has to do regarding the world cup or something. I don't, I don't know too much about it, but there's like, it just, what I'm trying to say is that there's so much, it's a big circus going on in PSG right now. Yeah. It makes good for headlines and talking about it and just drama and all that, but it's not great for team chemistry <laughs> and all that. But yeah, in regard to Mbappe, like basically he, he runs the club, basically. Like that's pretty much what it is. And like when we go back, like Ronaldo, like he, sure he had an ego too in, in his younger years and all that, but Mbappe, he exceeds that. Like it's yeah. next level. <laughs> 
I mean, and I mean, like, again, he's a brilliant player. Like, I love watching him play, but sometimes you just got to speak the facts that what you see. Yeah. That's what it is. And even in France, like, he actually, like, a lot of times, like, he would walk around too. But then, like, he always, he was brilliant, but, like, the rest of the team was working hard for him, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then, but, like, in PSG, that's not going to work, though, because he can't have. <laughs> Absolutely. No. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I, I think I think that what the point is, you know, when you're a captain again, you know, when you're a captain and you're the star player, you know, expectation mounts, right? I mean, you know, we want to see Luka Doncic and we want to see Nikola Jokic lead their team to the NBA Finals, right? And so, but if you're not able to do that, you know, I mean, there's a reason for that, right? And then when the team underperforms, you're going to look at, you know, who's to blame for that. And I think ultimately it does fall on Bappe's shoulders being the best player in the world. So, but I mean, again, I mean, we'll see how it all shapes out, you know, I mean, you know, but I think to your point, you know, yeah, I would love to see Messi here in uh, in, in Miami. I would yeah, love to see it. That would be just great. Like, <laughs> seeing the GOAT player to see, uh, to, like, uh, come here. And, like, it'd be the first time, yeah. It'd be the first time. It'd be great. You know, I haven't even seen him play in person before. So Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. Because I don't, I haven't been to Europe to, to go watch it during the time and all that. But you went to Barcelona watching Yeah, that. that was, um. so that was back in the summertime in August. That was off-season time. There was no games going on. Mm. So, and the players weren't even there training. It was that they were away. So, yeah, I think there was, like, some preseason tour stuff going on. So. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean that's the travel time we always do like summertime and all that. So like during the fall, winter time, we're we're not there. So yeah, that's a. But let's also remember the World Cup is coming here in three and a half years. Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. sir. So let's get ready. Let's get ready. Yeah. Yes. So as soon as the as when the time comes, as soon as we know what teams are there and what games, like we're gonna get our hotels. So like Mexico and America and Canada. So. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is, like, you might have to go, like, your team might play in Mexico and in Mexico City, and you might have to go to Canada in the next flight. So, like, yeah. but I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be, yeah. It's going to be a long travel, though. Yeah. It's a lot different than being in Qatar. I'll tell you that, where you're just in one city the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be, you know, miles. you know what's funny? Actually, let's talk about some Premier League. I'm not sure if you watched Chelsea recently, but I remember there's a match where where Ziyech was like hit in the back and he punched the player, and then and then and, then, and the referee said it was a red card, and then they, they looked at the bar and they said it wasn't a yellow card, and then everyone in the stadium were basically booing. I think it was Tottenham. I want to say, or, or I didn't yeah, see that yeah, game. Yeah, 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 it was funny. Game? Yeah, that, yeah, it was a fun <laughs> game. Yeah. You know well, what game was that again? It was, it was Tottenham and Chelsea. Premier, oh, okay. Yeah, Premier League. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I think and Pontana and I think end up winning. I think it was two one or something like that. So I think it's funny how like you know, and the World Cup we didn't see the VAR be leveraged as much, you know. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting how like at the club level the VAR can like reverse a decision like that, but then the World Cup they look at the VAR and it, and sometimes it may or may not change everything. So yeah, and because then it comes down like the VAR tells the ref to come, like they have the speaker, then they go, the ref runs to the camera thing, and yeah, they look at it, and then like then it's their discretion, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> And then, like, you know, all the players come to the complain, like, what the heck happened? <laughs> like, it doesn't change their opinion. <laughs> it doesn't change their opinion. Yeah. Although, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. No, just saying, but I mean, it's in their DNA, players. They they, they have, there's, there's definitely those players that complain and all that. I mean, yeah. You know, the star players. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some more star players. So I think some NBA season awards, you know, for the season ended today. My MVP would be Nikola Jokic. My sixth man of the year would be Malik Monk. My coach of the year would be Mike Brown. My most improved player would go to maybe, I don't know. I mean, someone on the Kings or someone else. I mean, maybe De'Aaron Fox. I'm not sure if you can give a star player. And most probably he's been a star all of his career. So, um, But I think also uh, my NBA team, my all-NBA team would have De'Aaron Fox. I don't know if it's third team, second team, or first team. It would also have DeMontis Sabonis, obviously, leading the league in double-doubles. You know, I think so. Kind of what what's your take on the current awards? Who do you have, you know, for each one of the categories? Oh, rookie of the year, I have no idea. I I have no idea. I, I would probably about the same as you. And I would MVP. I would agree with uh, 
Yeah, I think Jokic at this time, yeah, considering what he's doing and the stats and everything, yeah, it's fine. Hmm. Yeah, and I think because Giannis missed a few games and all that too. And Doncic is kind of off and on, so. Yeah, yeah, Doncic off and on, so. And I mean, yeah. Um. Oh, what about defensive player of the year? Oh, defensive player of the year. That's what, I haven't thought about that that much. That's why. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not too sure, actually. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Giannis is going to be in, in conversation, right? He has to be, you know. Yeah. Giannis is going to be in conversation. Um. It can, it can it can go anyway, you know. Yeah, it mean? can go either way. I think. I mean, I don't think it's just, nobody really talks about that as much. It's all about MVP. I feel like it's always MVP, MVP. And so. any in any league, any sport, right? MVP. Yeah. MVP. Who's gonna get the ballon the the, the ballon d'or? You know, who's gonna get yeah, the, 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 yeah, the MVP? Who's gonna get the you know most outstanding? Yeah. You know, that's how it is. You know. Yeah. Man of the match, man of the world, command of the cup, or player of the player of the cup. You know, golden yeah. ball, golden boot. You know, yeah. so that's what it is. Yeah. We're always like these main individual trophies for a team sport. And yeah, it's yeah. Like that. It's always like that. Yeah. It's always like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I think I generally agree with that. And I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, so yeah, Jokic will be three times in a row. Three times in a row. So let me ask you if Jokic doesn't lead his team to the NBA Finals this season, is he considered is the most pressure to win a championship on him or someone else? I think it's going to. So right now, no, but if if he comes up short again, like they lose in, well, second round, first round. I, I think it's honestly at this point it's the same because like you have the superstar expectations, and like people are calling him a top two player in the world or something now. Yeah, like there have been legit people calling him a top two player in the world behind Giannis or something like that. That's been talked about. Yeah. So if that's the case, he should have the expectations for him should be to get to. I mean, would I say it's, I wouldn't say it's a disappointment. Like, say if they face the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, or I don't know how the finals are going to. It depends on the seedings too. Yeah. I mean, if they lose to you, them, you have the Suns making the Conference Finals over the Kings. Uh, I'm gonna say right now, I'll say Kings. If KD's, if, well, we can talk about that. We're gonna talk about that yeah, too. Yeah. Because there's a lot of ifs, but right now, Kings. Yeah. Um. Uh. Because I don't know what's going to happen with KD. That's the thing. Yeah. If KD's healthy, there's just, there's a lot of ifs and this. And I can say ifs about a lot of teams. So yes, exactly. Let's just keep the Suns. I, I was just talking specifically about the yeah, about the Nuggets. nuggets yes. So yeah. So if, if they lose the Suns, sorry, complete your thought. I guess that's kind of understandable, but yeah, basically. So if they if he comes up short this year, the pressure most pressure is probably going to be on him because yeah. he's a three time MVP, and you can't get. All you have to show for it is a, a conference final, like a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. This season, I don't think so right now because I don't feel like the media that the pressure is on him that much right now. But I know it's gonna come yeah. if he doesn't make the finals. I'm not even saying winning it. I'm just saying get to the Western Conference Finals because I think it's open. Yeah, and I think if he doesn't make it this year, uh, the criticism will start coming out. And I, I do think that. If you're going to be branded that way as a three-time MVP and next, so what happened next season? Is he going to be, oh, Jokic MVP four-time? Like, you got you to gotta, you gotta deliver in the big stage because that's that's where the best players are made of. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and I think kind of to that point, you know, I think, you know, Stephen A. Smith actually, the media pressure did actually come on. Stephen A. Smith on the first take, he did say that he thinks Jokic has the most pressure to, to make the NBA Finals this year. But Chris Maddog Russo said, you know, counterpointed that saying that, you know, Jokic's performance in the playoffs has not fallen off as opposed to other players, such as, let's say, a Chris Paul or such as a James Harden. That's true. You know, not necessarily say Chris Paul has fallen off. I mean, he did lead the Suns to the NBA Finals, you know, uh, two years ago. But 
you know, I mean, at this point in his career, now that you have KD, right? I mean, you're going to have to figure out a way to win. I mean, if it's not this season, it's going to have to be next season. I mean, it's going to have to be within the next three seasons because Chris Paul at the age of 38, I mean, I'm not sure how much longer he can go at this level, you know I mean? And especially as an old 38. And, you know, KD, when he's been when he's been on the floor, he, I mean, so, so far the Suns haven't proven anything beyond the doubt that they are the definitive favorites to win the West, right? Back to your point about, let's talk about the ifs, right? If KD's healthy, right? Yeah. So if KD's healthy, fully 100%, do you think the Suns will make the NBA Finals? Ooh. If healthy, if everyone's healthy, if they play their potential, probably, yeah, because KD scares me. Yeah. And I'm just being honest, like, he scares me. He scares me more than Jokic. He scares me more than Luka. <laughs> yeah. Like, I legitimately think, I think, again, these are ifs. But I think if healthy, I still think he's the second best player in the world still. Right mm. now. I think possibly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's never, he hasn't been healthy to show it yet. But I think, but we have seen him when he's healthy. Like even the back, the Nets were doing good with him before the whole chaos happened. Yeah. They're still doing great. They're doing great with KD. Like he just elevates you. Like he just elevates you like that team that much. Like yeah. any team he's on. Yeah. So that's definitely a, a possibility. I do have my doubts with the Suns though. So it's not like, I'm not like a definite yes they would win but it's possible just because it's so open in the west and i feel a lot of teams still have to prove it um the thing is like con- continuity is important yeah team chemistry is important and i know kd fits like he could just mesh with anyone like right away but still like there needs to be team chemistry so he's going to be missing another couple weeks or so two three weeks so he's going to come like what a week before playoffs play four or five games so you hope that the chemistry builds up there no Okay, that that that's the big question. Like, I, I think he'll be fine minutes wise. Like, I think he's okay with that, knowing how KD plays anyway. But it's more the the team chemistry. I think is important, and that's why I don't think the Suns will make it with KD because the team chemistry has not shown that KD is definitely you know makes them world beaters like they did with the Warriors instantly because they're still figuring a lot of things out, you know, so so to speak. It's I on think the fly. It's on the fly, and I think that's kind of why I think. I would still take a Memphis or a Denver over a Phoenix with KD because we've seen them consistently this year. How good they play. Yeah, how good they play. play. And, I mean, these are obviously assuming, you know, obviously I'm a homer, so I'm going to go with the Kings over anyone. Yeah. You know, but if I'm just looking at it from an unbiased perspective, you know, there's a lot of other great teams in the NBA in the yeah. West. Um, not too many, though, as much as the East, right? But they're still there, and you have to acknowledge them for what they've been able to do this season. So Yeah, I actually do like Memphis, too, if yeah. they can resolve their drama issues and all that. Yeah. And- yeah, because I read the Jaws out in the indefinitely. I don't know if they're extending a suspension or not, but like, see that that stuff has to resolve before the playoffs. Like, oh, yeah. definitely. Does. Yeah, yeah. You can't have we can't have that stuff going on. You can't have. But they're a brilliant team to watch. They're yeah. a brilliant team to watch. Yeah. 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 So like, I, I honestly like that's why I, I don't think there's a clear cut favorite. There like, isn't. I, I, it's, I, it's open season. Yeah, it's and open the, season. Yeah, yeah exactly. basically. I mean, the Western Conference is wide open, so. You know, any anyone can take it this year if they're able to play their full ability, you know. So I mean, can the Kings yeah. do it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. So I mean and then another point, that's why I think the Nuggets could have a chance this year. I, I just think I guess the little doubt we have about the Nuggets is because they haven't proven it yet. Yeah. But they do have a they have a pretty deep team actually now. Yeah. And everyone's healthy, and that's the thing. Uh but I think that they could possibly do it. And they don't have many injury issues or anything. Like I don't feel they're as injury prone as say Suns or Warriors yeah. or Lakers or Clippers. I mean, Clippers are always, that's always an injury issue. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I mean, I mean, the Clippers, I mean, I'm just saying like, I always feel like, and we can say the same thing with the Suns, like is KD going to get hurt? Is Chris Paul going to get hurt again? But is Kawhi going to get hurt? Is Paul George going to get hurt sometime in the playoffs? 
you know that that's legit legitimate yeah and like you expect something's going to happen <laughs> that you know it's going to happen I mean, that's why darren fox is the iron man because he played through a hamstring he played through an injured elbow he played through a bunch of shit so i think has he played every game this season before? he has played well, no not every game but he's he's only missed like maybe maybe a single digit number of games so that's good that's good yeah he's iron yeah man. yeah he's iron man so you know what i mean darren I fox yeah it's a great 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 player durable and strong strong and you know i mean it was a long time coming for you know this king's team you know darren fox is like the pride of heart sacramento you can watch old interviews where he said, you know, when I moved to Sacramento, I thought it was just a bunch of farmland, nothing to do. But, like, you know, he's, he, he came and knows that the fan base here is one of the best fan bases in the league. You know, when I came to Sacramento back in, what, four, almost oh yeah, almost 10 years ago, right? I mean, that was right before they built the old, the old, uh, the new King Rizzo Arena the, the following season. And, um, you know, it's, it's 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 remarkable to see how far they've come. You know, Vida Grandiva is a great owner. You know, obviously, Monty McNair, as a GM, has done a, has done a phenomenal job. So he definitely, another award, which I forgot, executive of the year, should go to Monty McNair of the Kings. I agree, yeah. I agree. So I mean, it's a lot, of, a lot of great things going on right now. Talking about the average age of the roster is maybe twenty six, so they're one or twenty five and a half. Really young, extremely young, twenty five and a half. That's yeah, like extremely young, extremely young team, extremely deep. Right. So I mean, there's a lot of good things to look forward to for this team, and if they are able to, you know, let's say they do, you know, um, you know, worst case scenario, they they do fall short in the playoffs this season. You know, they 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 do have openings in the free in the free agency market in the offseason where they could maybe attract a Pascal Siakam or some other free agent. Imagine could, to get a big star player like on yeah. top of this, like it's yeah, that that'll be their set. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be yeah. This is already a playoff team as is, and then so if yeah. they can get yeah, Pascal's actually a good choice. Yeah, Pascal Siakam yeah. well, I think that'll put them over over the hump definitively. Like, you know, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I really hope they do. I'm excited. I want to see who they play the first round. Like, yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, exciting. but I hope they, I hope they win, man. I hope they go up. Yeah, we need. It's great for California, man. Great for California. <laughs> so let's wrap up this episode with the following: The Kings are now 40 wins, uh, one game away from a 500 season for the first time in 17 years. I cannot re-emphasize or restate that enough, right? So it's phenomenal, right? And I'm pounding the table, pounding it because you got light the beam, pound the table. I'm sorry. And anyways, um, and obviously with football, we'll see if if Messi wants out of PSG. Anything else to add on that? Um, yeah, sorry, I and think Neymar wants out. Yeah, go ahead. Neymar wants out. What Mbappe does and all yeah. that. What's going to happen with that? The whole drama chapter of PSG. Yeah. I mean, we all love talking about that. <laughs> it's not drama. I mean, hey, I mean, you got the two big stars of the World Cup on the same team, so exactly. yeah. Exactly. But um, it's great entertainment. Great entertainment, great entertainment in general. And then, yeah, looking forward to the Champions League. Um, yeah, and I think right now, yeah, let's see how the rest of the Champions League plays out here. Um, and then at Premier League, let's see if it's Arsenal or Man City because Arsenal is on top right now in the yeah. Premier League. So yeah. let's see how that, that works out. And then summer free agency, let's see what happens. Yeah, and let's also we forgot to mention Cristiano Ronaldo and 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 uh, I believe where is he now? Uh, El Nasir. On the series, yeah, sorry. The FIFA Club World Cup, Morocco was hosting the FIFA Club World Cup. Real Madrid beat, beat Al Hilal, and Al Hilal, I think they beat uh Ronaldo's team, yeah. It was like a, a on the series or something, like yeah. On the series, so yeah, I mean, I mean Al Hilal's a great team. Um, Real Madrid is Real Madrid, everyone, I mean, you know, there's not that much more to be said, but mm-hmm. I'm interested to see because now they actually have images of Cristiano Ronaldo's daughter learning Arabic, <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, if, if she's gonna actually, you know, I mean, adopt language or country, but his family's there now, so. We'll see how it all yeah. shapes up. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts before we close out? I think let's just hope for a wonderful sports year and this is great for a great playoffs, man. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked. Yes. <laughs> let's go, baby. Let's go, Kings. Let's light the beam. Let's get to 50 wins. I'm your host, Asif. My co-host, Parson Motivali. We are out. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back for more.
and I'll let you know when that will be. All right, take care, everyone. Okay. Enjoy your weekend.